Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Today is our special guest day, where we will hear from a friend of the ministry who will share their insight and stories on truth in this chaotic world. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, everybody. This is uh, Guest Thursday, and uh, we're excited uh, to have uh, Chris and Melissa Harrington from Texas and uh, good friends of Steve and Carolyn Van Udigen, who are leaders with us, and uh, they've, they've been in abiding retreats with them. And uh, So first of all, where are you guys actually, what town are you in right now? We're in Sugarland, Texas. Sugarland, is that south, right? South kind of west? Southwest, yes, sir. Of Houston. Yep. Uh, there was a really good gymnast from Sugarland, right? Back I in the think, day, yes. wasn't there an Olympic gymnast yeah. from there? Yes, I'd, I'd be lying if I named her, but yes, I believe yeah, there's, there's gym. There's two big gyms here that a lot of athletes travel to. So, so. excellent. Yeah. How long? Um, how long have you lived there? 2017, uh, actually New Year's Eve, uh, 2017, 2018, we moved in. So okay. yeah, were you were you in Houston then when the uh, Ira came through the, the hurricane? Uh, Harvey. Harvey. Yeah. Yes, we were. We were in we were in Sugarland mm-hmm. when Harvey hit. How was that? We have some fun stories. Yeah, well, <laughs> so we live about a mile and a half from the Brazos River, so all the neighborhoods here have levee systems around them, mm-hmm. and so we weren't really aware of our levee system until you know Hurricane Harvey, and uh, I think we were two feet away from breaching the levee. Um, wow. so we were watching, you know. We got updated and got connected with the levy improvement district and started getting all these notifications so we weren't even aware that it was there protecting us uh until we needed it and it, it did its job but that's not the fun part funny story about yeah. how we sure so we had to go get the big box truck from work and we yeah. put seafood in it so we could eat something and then you ended up rescuing people in yeah. the back of the truck he drive. He could drive through the neighborhoods, and people would, were jumping in, and so he had. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, there's a couple of people that it was I helped really get out of a neighborhood down the way that their levy didn't hold up so well, and so we got a direct message on Facebook, and I had the box truck here, and I was like, just went and, went into action, and I've got videos and everything. I've, That's awesome. It, it could go through four feet of water, and so I ended up picking up a couple different sets of folks. They were coordinating. There's people on Facebook that were out of town watching this happen and they stepped in and they start coordinating people to get them to houses and they were dispatching me and i thought it was a sheriff's department but it was just people just on facebook <laughs> that's amazing to help. from austin or something yeah i thought he was i thought he worked for like some government services or something he's dispatching me to pick up all these people but it was just that was one of the cool things to see just people come together utilizing Absolutely. social media uh to help you know someone in need so that was a really hmm. funny Experience. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Well, we'd, uh, and by the way, uh, Kathy, when they talk a little bit about their business, um, it's kind of cool. I'm a, I'm actually a customer of theirs. Oh, uh, excellent. And uh, look forward to their product all the time. 
Mm -hmm. And they'll be able to share about that, how cool that is. So Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm curious to hear. Uh, I did notice it was seafood, and I am a seafood fanatic, so I will be curious yeah. to hear about this. Well, you got you to become a customer there. So, uh, well, to start with, uh, we'd love to have you share uh, with the audience individually, how did you each come to know Christ uh, in your life? So tell us your background and how that transpired. So, uh, Melissa, we'll go ahead and start with you and just tell us your your story. Okay, great. So um, I grew up in a small town in South Louisiana, amazing parents, um, truly lived out, you know, what it was to be a servant leader, a good person. They were teachers and coaches and um, ended up uh, adopting siblings when I was five. So I have an adopted brother and sister, Zule and Ricardo, and my brother Jason is uh, a year and a half older than I am. And grew up in a loving home. We, we weren't ch church going people, but we were people loving people. So mm -hmm. my dad was the one, um, you know, picking up people and giving them rides everywhere. I mean, it probably would never happen today in today's world, but uh, <laughs> shopping, you know, giving our Gatorade or whatever to the guy who needed help. And um, they truly loved people. So I got to see that firsthand. Mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't until college, um, you know, we prayed every night, we kind of, we always prayed to God, we always did dinner, we never really had a, um, we weren't really involved in a church or youth group type of setting. Mom, my mom claims that we always revolted. We said, we're not going, we're too cool for youth group. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so it wasn't until college, I got a scholarship to play soccer at Texas A&M. And mm -hmm. it was really through meeting um, Christian women in college who really lived out what it was like to love the Lord, serve the Lord and had a genuine relationship um, before that, it was never, that was honestly, it was, you're Catholic and you just go to mass and that's, that's it. Or, um, we weren't really in the Bible belt part. So I never had even heard the term, um, like born again, Christian or Christian or, um, relationship with Jesus. It was just some church was always something that you either did or didn't do. Um, so truly just being blessed enough to be modeled by, um, these Christian women that had such foundational, uh, roots and what it was like to love Jesus and they loved on me and with no judgment and um, I was saved as a sophomore in college um, by a friend leading me to Christ so that's so cool uh, really cool and it's why I mean we're going to brainwash our kids to go to A&M right <laughs> salvation and all the other wonderful things about being a conservative Texas school no just kidding. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that's that's the, the nutshell of my story. But go ahead. Yeah, and so I um, I was raised by a single parent. My dad uh, raised my sister and I. Um, my parents got divorced when I was five. Uh, he got saved and had a big change of life, and uh, so he ended up with custody of my sister and I. And so we were raised in a born again Christian home with a single dad. And so I got to uh, watch him grow in his faith and relationship with Jesus, and uh, it was a great model for me. So, what what um, town was that in? That was uh, when I was I was five. So five years old, my parents got divorced because my dad had this miraculous conversion and got sober and went on this completely different life wow. track in Houston. In Houston, Houston. Um, okay, yeah, and that was in the early '90s, and then. Um, mm -hmm. I was actually at a Newsboys concert. Oh, I, I was remember like the Newsboys. Eight, eight, years, eight years old uh, here, and there was an altar call, and I was like, I gotta go. 
And uh, so my dad and I went and uh, that was the first time uh, that I accepted Christ. And I believe that I really did. Um, and then when I was uh, 15, we were on a mission trip in uh, the San Blas Islands in Panama. We were playing basketball mm. uh, with the Kuna Indians. And uh, I got baptized uh, in a river there in Panama. And I mm. dedicated my life to Christ uh, again as a more mature uh, believer. Right. Wow, beautiful. Um, so then um, how did you two, so now you're, you're, uh, you're a believer in high school, right? Um, uh, Chris and uh, uh, Melissa, you became a believer at college. Um, when did you meet? How did you guys come together? And, um, and are you both Aggies? <laughs> so I played football at Texas A&M. So uh, I was, it was our senior, my senior year, the summer before my senior year, um, I had been uh, in a relationship for uh, a few years, and so it like twenty. Yeah, <laughs> we both been in kind of long term dating relationships, uh, and um, we both uh, had ended those relationships. Since so I reached out, I realized we had the same birthday, um, January nineteenth. So last Thursday was our shared birthday. I'm a year older. Oh my! Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Um, do, do you know the story of my daughter, Michelle? No. Uh, she passed away this year. Oh um, and um, her birthday is January nineteenth. Mm. Uh, we actually, and you just, you know, you just did too. But we we actually celebrated. We went out. She had a favorite restaurant. We we, we celebrated her birthday this last this last week. So. Uh, oh, so yeah. Okay. Sure. Sorry about that, but it was. Oh, interesting, oh, interesting uh, situation. But so, okay, Jet, you're you were that's your birthday, and what happened? Well, I, Facebook had just been invented, so I uh, <laughs> messaged her on Facebook. You had to have an A and M email address. Yeah, uh, I called it. Yeah. But I was like, hey, you know, I see we're both single, you know, and I'd like to get to know you. And she's like, I'm sure y'all get back together. <laughs> the time of day. Uh, and we had a, we had a date and uh, didn't go so well. I took her to the movies, which you should never do on a first date. My boys already know that. Do not take a girl to the movies on your first date. You cannot talk. You have, it's so awkward. <laughs> so we ended up went the whole summer, and then we both ended up in Dallas at um, it was an A and M coaches night. There was probably twenty five hundred people in a ballroom. I was there to talk about football. Melissa was there representing the women's soccer team. And um, I guess Melissa saw something different uh, after that, after that encounter. So she started giving me some uh, time. And yeah. then uh, we started, we started going, we started hanging out. And that was, yeah. that was that. Yeah. So we started hanging out and then uh, that was my senior season. It was Melissa's uh, junior year, but last season playing. So the worst timing, I was getting ready to leave. Um, mm. You know, so we dated for, uh, six months uh and then i left uh to go uh get ready for the nfl draft and go through the whole combine oh, wow. what uh, uh what position what position did you play so i played defensive end mm -hmm. and melissa was a forward so we were both the captains of our respective teams uh at the end that last season which was pretty cool i was completely distracted all season uh but you know i left and it was really great because 
we were pen pals, you know, everything hmm. uh, being remote. Yeah. I just remember like journaling and writing emails and talking on the phone. And it was so healthy for us to uh, be apart, but still dating. Uh, so that was a really formative time for us hmm. during that, that season when I was away. So did you, uh, when you were prepping for the col- uh, combine, uh, were you back in Houston then? Yeah, I was actually in Sugarland. Uh, there was a gym here uh, that I, my agent rented me an apartment, so I was training here. And Melissa would come visit. Um, so Melissa, you still were at school then, right? I was. At, yeah, I had at, one semester left. Yeah, yeah. what they what the is College Station, which is where Texas A and M is. How far is that away from Houston? About an hour and a half. Hour and a half. So you were separated that way, okay? And did you, Chris? Did you wind up going to Indianapolis to the combine? Yeah, I went to the Combine and did all that. I ended up getting drafted by the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, wow. And so I went to Arizona, and Melissa was still in College Station. And so our pen pal uh, relationship uh, continued. And um, I got got there and realized that the only person I wanted to be with was her. And so I came home over Thanksgiving break and uh, proposed while she was still in college. And she accepted. And... Um, yeah, the rest is history. And now, did you play for the Cardinals for a while then? Or? Yeah, I spent, so got drafted. We got married after my first season. Okay. Um, Melissa joined me on the NFL journey after that. Oof. And uh, <laughs> we had we Some got stories to, see, to tell there. We got to see a lot of the country, uh, you know, from Melissa being, um, you know, the captain of the soccer team, the leader. Uh, to have to submit and follow me chasing my dream uh, was definitely a challenge uh, for her. And you got anything to add? <laughs> I just, you know, it's funny about like, life and perspective. You know, three, you know, married 13 years now, three kids, however many businesses later. And what I would give to just wake, could wake up in the morning and just go read a book on the beach in Jacksonville or like just go hike, uh, you know, the mountain in Arizona and not, you know, be in this, the fast paced, you know, person that I was, I, I just didn't in, enjoy it because I didn't know how to truly like rest or wait, abide, I guess would be, right, <laughs> right, right, right. you know, it just, it was, it was so hard to, um, not produce or have, you know, this right. it's countercultural to what you were used to and what very, you very thought was valuable. Up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and by, I guess a lot of my identity at the time was like it, you know, being an achiever, you know, getting sure. to this place. And um, so that was fun, uh, really, really tough time. But it was also interesting because the NFL in our experience was not lifestyles of the rich and famous by any means. It was very, we were very mobile. I mean, right. we would mm-hmm. go here and just the way the system works, if you want to practice roster and you get activated to the full roster, you have to, you, you got to take it, you know, you got to take that chance. So we ended up moving around a good bit and I was a really good at packing up the car or the U-Haul and driving it while he was already on a plane somewhere. Wow. So, uh, but it was, we met, so many amazing Christian hmm. couples through that whole time. We ended up getting baptized, baptized again right before, yeah. together before our wedding um, in February. Are you crying? Yeah, it's just like, you know, the, the people that we met along the way. I mean, just awesome. amazing couples, um, just really foundational for our development, learning how to pray together, 
small groups, you know, just really, I think leaving uh, the home environment with no family impact, we're out on this adventure on our own and God just formed us uh, using, you know, all kinds of people and circumstances and those people still are around. That's so cool. Well, and the the football, you know, it was, it's like its own kind of church in a way where, you know, we do small group together and, you know, there's a, there's a chaplain on every team. So Mm -hmm. immediately when you got there, you had a group to kind of, you know, to kind of, yeah, yeah. Graft into. So that was really, really cool. So like the first year it was like Kurt Warner in Arizona, you know, meet him and being alongside that group. Uh, and then, you know, just every, every step along the way, we just met wonderful people and we still have relationships with, you know, to this day. In Cincinnati, Billy Graham's granddaughter, Sissy is, you know, married to Corey, who's a a rookie, you know, rookie with him. So just truly just amazing groups that we got to grow with and and learn from. So that was amazing uh... to look back and see, okay, God orchestrated that. That wasn't by happenstance that he was choosing these people for you to influence and to influence you. That's right. And just what a beautiful gift that is. Did you, uh, I'm sure you've watched uh, Kurt's uh, movie, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty cool. It's a great uh, story. A great story, yeah. Our, our All right, loves that. loves that movie. Yeah. So um, he calls him Curtain Mourner. Back up a, uh, one step, and that is uh, Melissa. What attracted you to uh, Chris that you felt like I really do want to spend the rest of my life with him? What What was about that that hit you? Yeah, um, he's just he's he's a man of his word i mean he truly has such great integrity he he does what he say, says he's going to do and um he knows who he is and that's foundational for him he's always um had the holy spirit like leading and guiding him truly um and he has great vision i mean i think that's the really thing that i've noticed over the last decade as we've you know moved and these businesses have grown and transformed and died and rebirthed and all the things in that journey um, is that, you know, he wakes up, he has such an ear for what God's telling him to do and such a heart to follow. Um, He'll wake up at, you know, 2.30 in the morning, get up, start journaling, I'll get up and he's like 15 pages in, you know, crying, you know, he just, he's, he's that man. And so as a um, a spouse and as someone that I can look to for direction for our family, um, I, he can be trusted with that. And so, hmm. and he's always, he's always been that way. So, um, that's kind of my attraction and he's cute. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, how about you? What, what attracted you to Melissa? Well, I think one is her servant's heart. So all that that was she mentioned about her childhood and growing up in South Louisiana and her dad and mom and um, just a true servant's heart. Um, never met a stranger. Uh, wherever we go, she ends up in a corner and someone's like telling their life story, <laughs> like their you know their guts out to her, and uh, it's because she really does care. And everybody that meets her gets that feeling. Like she truly does care uh, about everyone, um, which I've learned that we have to protect that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was that that true servant's heart, uh, a love for hospitality and cooking, and always fun and exciting, 
and never a dull moment. Uh, and so she's just, she's everything that I'm not. So she helps balance me uh, in relationships. She's a mobilizer. So she really gets people and I'm more of an optimizer problem solver. And so we balance each other really well. Yeah, uh, like a good combination. Yeah, yeah. beautiful. So um, you got married, uh, you are in football, uh, mm-hmm. traveling, obviously around. And um, what happened that you left football and then what did you do after that? What did you two then start to do after that in terms of having a family as well as your careers? Yeah, so um, my last, so I went to Arizona I got picked up by the Bengals. So we went there for an off season, the end of the season off season. And then I got cut and went back to Arizona, back on the practice squad. And then I got picked up by Jacksonville. So we spent the end of the season and an off season in Jacksonville. So Arizona, Jacksonville. Yeah. That's a lot of U-hauling, right? <laughs> like yeah, and then Cincinnati in between. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my third season, uh, Jacksonville cut me to sign the first round pick. And the GM, I remember crying when I got cut because I'd done everything that I could possibly do to uh, be successful. And the GM told me, he goes, Chris, you did everything we ever asked of you. He goes, except for that one time you were late. (laughs) (laughs) You remember one time that I was late. Yeah, one time, yeah. Yeah. No, but he goes, if I had a son, I'd want him to be like you. And that was like one of the most touching like comments like for me. And I was like, thank you. He goes, do you want to come work for me in the front office? I'm like, no, I'm a football player. <laughs> and so, uh, and then we, I, I spent, I took a week off. I went, I didn't, one week of training camp I missed. And then I went to Tennessee for the last three weeks. So the last year was like, just kind of, it's all kind of sputtering to an end. Um, and so I was frustrated. I was praying. I was like, Lord, if you want me to play football, I need you to open the door. If you don't, I need mm. you to close it. And so the third game of that third season, I end up tearing my ACL. Mm. Um, and I'm on the field in like complete peace, like not upset at mm. all. Like knowing knowing that, you've got an answer now. <laughs> well, my season's over. Like I know that. Uh, but I'm just at complete peace. Mm-hmm. And just because I've been praying and the Lord had put something on my heart. I had met a guy when I was in Arizona uh, who owned a lobster company. So he sold live lobsters. He lived in New Hampshire. Oh, I've met him. Have you? Yeah, I was at a Bigelow conference with him. Yeah. No way. Yeah. (laughs) They were the keys book. Two brothers, the two brothers that run the lobster business. Is that who you're talking about? I don't know. I Uh, bet it is because they're they're a known thing around here. So he's not Not a believer. believer. Yes, not a believer. Definitely not. Some fun stories. Very boisterous. Yes. Yeah. And his boys run the lobster business. That's yeah. Interesting. At a Bigelow concert? At a at a Bigelow conference. It's a, a forum, a private equity forum thing, a business thing that we were at. Wow. Yeah. What are the chances? Right. <laughs> so we had a we had a we had a flight book to go see our friends in the lobster business on our bye week, which happened to be like the week after I got hurt. And I was like, we're just gonna go. And so that during that season, I was just writing and journaling and just seeking the Lord. And he answered through an injury and we went to Maine and saw the whole facility and came back, moved in with my mom, Melissa and I both. Um, and uh, I had surgery and started rehab and uh, I set up an office in the guest room and I started writing a business plan 
and we started researching and connecting the dots. And by the time I was recovered, uh, we had found a distributor in Houston that wasn't selling live lobsters. And we talked them into distributing for us. And so we found a warehouse, the only 3000 square foot single dock high door air conditioned warehouse in Houston happened to be like three doors down from them. And so we took our last 10 grand and my business partner put in 80,000 bucks and we built a big lobster tank and started Lone Star Lobster. Well, that's a while. Now, when, when you, uh, when you say distribute, were they, uh, at that point distributing to restaurants or to uh, your individuals? Restaurants and grocery stores. Okay. So, uh, we built a big lobster tank. We started trucking lobsters into Texas and so uh, you, you would truck them from Maine to Texas. Yep. Put them in your tank. Yep. And then, you, and then you sent them to the distributor, sent them to the restaurants and we'd pack out their orders to order. And then we'd walk the boxes next door when we started. And, um, yeah, so we, we knew nothing about business. Uh, I mean, we remember some of the first like invoices and bills and things we had to figure out. And... <laughs> knew nothing. I like when we finally decided we needed to pay ourselves something to live. I, I just wrote a check out of like the checkbook. I didn't realize there's probably needed to be some taxes pulled out. Of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, by the way, the government wants their portion of it. Yeah, they want their money. Oh, they got they got plenty of money. Yeah. Um, no, it's just so funny what you learn. I mean, truly hands on, just figuring it out and knowing, you know, just keep taking the next right step. Mm -hmm. But that business, you know, market lobsters market change went crazy. The business was not really. Well, we, I mean, so that was 2011 that we started, and in 2015 we grew it to almost 10 million in revenue, mm. and we sold wow. a of lobsters. It was like it blew everybody's minds. Um, and it was, I was stuck between these two big companies and I just connected them and I just kept solving the problems and it just kept growing and growing and growing. And, um, you know, then things started to change. Oh, well, what do you, go ahead. As Melissa said, you know, like the Lord gives me vision. Um, when I bring a problem to him, he's faithful to provide a solution. And so a lot of the pivots that we've made uh, really um, were, they saved us uh, at different seasons and they were just in the right time. And it was, you know, always learning and growing us, uh, but. Um, yeah, the first pivot that, so from Live Lobster, we started going to some other live seafood products. It just, we weren't making enough revenue to really cover how big, you know, the, the overhead for the business. So we're like, okay, well, we have to generate more. So what are we gonna do? So we ended up pivoting into full line seafood dist distribution um, to where we can get, you know, go and, and have a lot more direct relationships. Um, and that, you know, kind of grew again and then, you know, got to this place where we're trucking along, we're building it back up and COVID hits mm. and we lose 50% of revenue overnight, mm. all food service sales um, and, you know, not being backed by anyone um, and, not a super strong banking relationship at the time is it, it was very very rough um couple of years you know where we're trying to figure out okay god keeps providing but like what what's next what's next and, and so during that during that process um we 
we were in the seafood business. We had access to all this great seafood, but it was in these bulk forms. Mm-hmm. And Melissa's like, I want to get healthy. We had a trip coming up that we were going uh, to Mexico with some friends. And she's like, I want to eat healthy and, you know, get in shape. And so I bought, I bought a case of salmon and I had, we portioned it and vacuum sealed it and froze it. Uh, and when, when we had it in our freezer, uh, it was much more convenient to eat. And so on that trip with our best couple friend, by the end of it, we're like, we look great. We feel great from eating fish. Mm. I'm like, if they, if Emily wants it too, then someone else may want it. I was like, you girls need to like figure out a market for like this frozen seafood. And that's where the, the vision for fish fix was started. And so within, you know, a couple months of getting back from that trip, Melissa had, uh, created the website, uh, figured out the online store. And we started uh, Fish Fix uh, October. Yeah, 2017. 2017. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah, there's a few other businesses sprinkled in there too. We're kind of serial entrepreneurs. Yeah, yeah. You know. So have you sold off these other businesses along the way? Just morphed them as you've gone? How has that played out? And how long were you? Have you been in C12? Because that's your connection with Stephen Carolyn, right? That's right. Yeah. So I joined C12 in 2015. So seven years, um, the, one of the businesses, so we started with Lone Star Lobster and then the next business we developed was Lone Star Tank and Supply. And so that's a tank service and manufacturing company. We build and service lobster tanks. And so that business is still, uh, doing well and running. Um, and then Lone Star Lobster became Lone Star Seafood, uh, in 2018. And that's a whole nother story that I don't think we have time for today. <laughs> um, but uh, I had to I, I had to buy out the partner, uh, the Mar Lobster partner, and that was a really really difficult season sure. for me. Mm. Uh, but God was very faithful through it, and um, and then we 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 shifted to a full line distributor uh, processor distributor in 2018 in Lone Star Seafood, and we actually. Um, Last Monday was the first day we've uh, sold um, Lone Star Seafood uh, to a company called Inland Seafood out of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so in, the first invoices went out last Monday to our customers under uh, Inland Seafood Lone Star. So wow. their 15th location, uh, first one in Texas, uh, and it's just, it's just God's amazing grace and faithfulness, you know, to rescue us from a situation and a pivot right in the right time. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that's great. Yeah. And so now currently you have the inland seafood and then also fish fix, fish fix and the tank company. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're so all great. I'm, I'm, I'm the general manager at, uh, inland Lone Star. And uh, I think having two entrepreneurs in the family is a little. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, next time uh, uh, we're out of time now, but we'd, we'd like to talk more about that. <laughs> how do you guys make decisions together and how do you abide and, you know, uh, practical things of how you are working through it. We've heard uh, nothing but a spectacular story of God's grace and mm-hmm. bringing you together and working you through. And, you know, your your uh, even your sense of peace when you knew that, you know, you, your heart was in football, but it's, you know, going to be something different. And 
you just seem to understand that that was God's will, and that's kind of a cool thing. So uh, we'll pick it up, uh, pick this up again next time. We got a lot, a lot of questions for you uh, to uh, share with us uh, this great story, and uh, we're excited. Now, and you, you do you both kind of operate in different companies, or are you both kind of helping each other uh, operate all of them? Um. He's my vendor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we kind of birthed Fish Fix out of the wholesale uh, business, and but now she's she went on Shark Tank uh, last year, and uh, yeah. she's grown so much. Uh, and so I have no idea. Really no, he's not in. The, he's not in the side. I just when I need some products, he's my vendor. Go, to, that, go to him. Hey, oh, give me some products. Did the, yeah, there's uh, a couple of items that we produce specifically for her that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, uh, that's so fun. Yeah. Do you did uh, again as we end this? Did did uh, Shark Tank invest or did they? We you we should leave that as a cliffhanger. Not yeah, long. you have to watch the show. <laughs> oh, uh, it's still going on. Okay. <laughs> okay, great. Well, Father, we thank you for this uh, great story. Uh, wow, it's just beautiful. It's always wonderful to see you at work and in couples' lives and businesses and uh, how you lead them and guide them and put things together, even even their initial years of just learning how to pray together and be with people and meeting really fine Christian people like Chris, uh, Kurt Warner. And, you know, what a privilege that is. So we just lift it up. We look forward to more of the story and the truth of their joy of life. And we thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, Kathy, we will uh, see you tomorrow for uh, End Times Friday, and then uh, we'll pick this up again next week. Sounds great. Thanks for joining us, and thanks for joining us, Chris and Melissa. I can't wait to hear the yeah. rest of your story, <laughs> and you can. guys make sure you tune in next week. Yeah, you bet. All right. Have a great afternoon. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.